This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city far behind. Well, hey there. And howdy. Jay West Texas Leeson here. Big events unfolding today, but you are listening to and listening to a show that is broadcast from a place where Buddy Holly raved on, and we have raved on about Regent Gate for some time. Big developments, get into those. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for telling friends that you hang out here on the other side of Texas. Your host, Jay West Texas Leeson. We are in the Racer Car Wash Studios, voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across the Hub City for the best wash around, guaranteed. They're at racerwash.com. Well, you want to be a part of the program, you can do so by text. 806-745-5800. The hour goes by pretty quickly, so make it really good. 806-745-5800. Got a couple of texts yesterday. Could you please drop the text line number more often? I'll try to do that. This is where we're going to start. Big developments today. And um, how do I want to start here? Let's just go to the audio. This happened at a time that I was not expecting today, and so I was not present in the room when it happened, but we do have the audio for you. First, a new chancellor at Texas Tech University, and then secondly, a new chairman of the board of regents at Texas Tech University. This is what it sounded like. And that is uh, one more motion. I move that the board name Dr. Ted Mitchell as the finalist for the position of Chancellor and Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Tech University System. Second. Second. All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed, congratulations. So a standing ovation there. Our chancellor can beat up your chancellor and give me new other side of Texas t-shirts. Here's the second one. The final item of business is uh, chairman's announcement. It has been an honor to serve as the chairman of the Board of Regents. It is time for a change in leadership and a nominating committee will be formed to put forth a slate of candidates for consideration of chairman and vice chairman for election at our next meeting. I move we adjourn. Second. Okay. We're adjourned. And we are adjourned. Rick Francis stepping down as chairman of the board. Uh, and 
understanding. And we'll get into this a little bit after our friend Chris Level, Red Raider Sports, going to jump on. In about 10 minutes, I went to a presser at 3.30, led by Tim Lancaster, Regent Tim Lancaster, out of Abilene, who... I guess there's already been the search committee put together because uh, by the time that was done, by the time Francis had made that announcement that he was stepping down between then and 3.30, so I think you're looking at about an hour, hour and a half. I'll have to go back and look. It's all been crazy. Uh, Lancaster is now your Board of Regents chairman, one of the four who informal vote whatever came down. And I got to ask that question today, too. Not much clarification. But Lancaster, not one of the Regent Gate Five. And uh, the question now is, where is Regent Gate and where does it go from here? Uh, Lots of people, lots of responses I'm getting today uh, that it's not over, that this is not over, that there is more that needs to come to light. Um, You know, we'll see what we hear and what else needs to be done. But you know, if it is done, you know what theme music I'm really going to miss. I'm going to miss some. Our region gate theme music. That's what I'm going to miss. I just have to wonder what went on. And I have... I have invited as recently as last night have emailed then chairman of the board, Rick Francis, knowing that he was going to be in town and kudos to you wild eyed red Raiders that were giving the flight tracker information to me on Rick Francis's plane today. You guys are five card studs, man. That's uh, that's some next level stuff, uh, but his plane was set to take off for three thirty. About the time that that press conference started up. Um, But I do want to say a couple of things before we get into the details. So far as any role that I might have had in this. And just, I think it's important to take a couple of minutes here. So that you understand what my thinking is and what my motives were in getting so involved. Matter of fact, while I was... That announcement came earlier today than I expected if it were to come. And I was in the middle of a big statewide piece just summarizing Regent Gate and everything that had gone on. And my first thought whenever I began to get texts and messages was, oh, no, I've wasted a lot of time on this piece. (laughs) But we spent a lot of time uh, on a lot of things over these past few months. Now, I'm, um, I want to say this just to start. And again, I don't know if it's done, but I did ministry for a long time, um, for quite a while, I would say. And I noticed something with kids and working with adolescents that if home wasn't the first place, in their minds, if that wasn't the first, their first group of priority in their teenage minds, if it were friends, if it were something else, a sport, then that, that child was in between not going to be healthy to things are not going to go well for them. And what I've found was 
you know, there were a couple of families that I honed in on and learned a lot from, and their kids knew, they identified, like their family was their tribe. That was their number one. And my takeaway from that was that I wanted my kids to feel like the Leesons were right. Um, I text in, you guys on the that Rick Francis on the cell phone thing yesterday, you weren't far off on his voice. This being the first time that some folks have heard it. Thanks for that. Um, the family has to be number one. The home has to be number one. And I'm not trying to go James Dobson on you. I'm just telling you that that was a practical concern of mine. And my children, if you walked up to any of my children and you said, Hey, little buddy. Hey, little Grace. What do Leeson's do? They may pause because they might be looking at you like, How do you know that? And do I even want to tell you? But what they'll tell you, and we do this all the time, Leeson's encourage, we help, and we listen. And all my children know the practicalities of that, that we encourage, help, and listen. And we encourage, we point at our hearts, we help, we hold out our hands, and we listen, we point at our ears. And so I look for opportunities now um, to encourage, help, and listen. And this thing kind of fell in our lap and people reached out and I got called into, you know, one of my buddies will call and then they know a guy who knows somebody else who wants to meet with me. And that's how a lot of this sourcing got done. And that to say that I was glad to step in and try to encourage help and listen because they were stepping out on behalf of a great man. Um, a great man named Bob Duncan, who, you know, there are as many regents who live in Lubbock who as those in Lubbock who uh, have animosity towards Bob Duncan. And that number is zero on both sides. And they felt a great wrong had been done to somebody they greatly admired. Um, and more and more from a lot of different facets, they came forward and I was honored that they did, and I wanted to just do what I tell my kids to do and encourage and help and listen to help alleviate a thing. And I've not choked up in this whole thing. The only time I've, ch I've cur I cussed the night that I found out that Bob Duncan had been, been ousted. I stood right here by this microphone and screamed at the ceiling, something I can't scream on the radio, out of frustration that I cannot believe this, how in the world did this happen? Something that all of us would ask later on. And I've had moments where I've been very angry, but the time I choked up the most was when, and I'm going to try not, I'm going to try not to choke up now, but Ross Ramsey, who you know, I think a lot of, uh, his column, the week that Bob Duncan was ousted, <clears throat> started with the line maybe nice guys do finish last and that's the sentiment of a lot of us um but i just wanted to state my motives in the beginning tell you where i come from on the heart side but also to say um 
I didn't do anything nearly as courageous or bold or strive for honor evermore in, you know, under the assumption that this is done. And I don't think it is, but it's almost done. And there are a lot of people who took great risks and, um, and I appreciate that they trusted me and they did far more than I did. And people who came forward and volunteered to research on all the truth that we began to put out about, well, if we're going to fire Bob Duncan over $5 million and you're going to have to trust our fiduciary judgment, well, let's look at your financial judgment. And it comes into the public purview. Um, advertisers who've risked on this program, uh, I think, you know, the return, I hope, is, has been great financially, but also a sense of, yeah, we played a role in that because you've made it, you made it worthwhile in doing. And uh, Daniel, uh, my wife, Charity, who's watched me sit at the computer late, late nights. Uh, and then folks like, like uh, Jerry Hodge and Margaret Hodge and Mark McDougal and George McMahon, who... I mean, they went and they hair-lipped the governor, uh, McMahon and McDougal especially, and that doesn't come without a price, a price that will be paid later, and one that they were willing to put their names on, and just a lot of people to respect there. So we're going to break down the rest of that, but first, going to take a little break. I'm not crying. It's my allergies. Um, uh, I'm going to take a quick break and get back in with our friend Chris Level. Stick right where you are. We're talking about more other side of Texas things with your Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, stick with us right here on the other side. You got to keep trying. Got to let down and keep The only sure thing is Texas and And your love makes a living Here we are going on, raving on other side of Texas, sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horde, and Brown LLP with offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas, employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning here's our man red raider sports i'm there get there with me there red raider sports.com you find me leeson ttu he is chris level and you know no game this week but we got to play your your theme music here level how you doing i'm doing good man i uh wish they would have worked out a little bit uh, better last week but uh i will enjoy the time off this weekend and i'm sure they will too and uh, you know i think it's seldom that the big attention at texas tech isn't on football or basketball this time of year but uh we're glad to break up a little bit of all the stuff that's gone on with the regions with you level you told me last week you know i was all in ESPN says we're going to win every game from here on out. And then, you know, a collapse lung later, different things happen. And, uh, yeah, I should have listened to you. Been a little bit more sober in my Texas Tech enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, it was still, again, a long way to go. This stuff, I mean, it, it's just each week is almost like its own entity. I mean, and you have to, to treat it as such. And, you know, that's kind of the football mentality in that, 
we overreact or we, you, you know, whatever the case may be. But yeah, you kind of back to reality. West Virginia is really good. And, you know, and, and I, I just hated seeing that with, with Allen last week. I think the fear was is that whenever he gets hit, because he has this injury because he gets hit simultaneously by, by two defenders. And, and it just, had he just been hit by one guy, or, you know, maybe the outcome of the game would have been different, or, or his situation certainly would have been different. But I certainly left the stadium on Saturday feeling like we may have seen the last of Alan Bowman this year. And thankfully, uh, that that is really that is not correct. Yeah, that is not correct. I mean, he will be back very, okay. very soon. Yeah, very, very soon. Because I think your, your your original fear is that there's maybe broken ribs. I think you started hearing, okay, and whenever there's a broken rib, then you hear about a punctured lung, and then that's six to eight weeks at a minimum type stuff there. But uh, a collapsed lung, even though that the, the word collapse doesn't sound like there's anything good that would come from that, that's actually a very good diagnosis compared to what it could have been. So. He'll be back soon, but I don't. I don't think he's going to be healthy enough to play against TCU. Yeah. But we'll see. Okay, so TCU by week this week, TCU next week. It, it, describe for radio viewers as we are, what did the hit look like? Well, he did, he just got hit. He got sandwiched. I mean, it, that, that's basically, and it was it was simultaneous. He's in the middle of a, of a throwing motion. He's exposed, and he threw a deep ball, and he just got hit, you know, right there on the ribs by two West Virginia defenders basically at the same time. And I think that naturally you kind of hold your breath, like, you know, as, as, as that's happening, well, that air's got to go somewhere. And it, it and so it, it just it, it didn't go well. And he, he got up and, and kind of got helped off to, the, the, the you know, the side. And on the sideline he tried to throw, and then he just kind of, you could tell something was not right at all, and I think at that point, that's when they take him to the hospital and like, okay, let, let's let's get an X-ray, let's figure out what's going on here, because that at some point that can be very very scary. But mm-hmm. luckily, uh, you know, he and he was in the hospital for four nights, but uh, like I said, dodged a bullet. But yeah, he got he got hit pretty good. Is he? So it's crazy that a collapsed lung is is much less severe than. Than broken ribs. Than, a punctured, yeah. than broken ribs and a punctured lung. Absolutely. How do you even fix that level? How do you fix a collapsed lung? <laughs> well, I, I, I'm I'm in over or out over my skis here trying to explain that. But hey, we'll I, have I, Ted I, Mitchell. We got Ted Mitchell. I think next week on the show. I ask him. Ask him that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, they they put a tube in and kind of move some air from one compartment to the other and kind of make sure that it you know and there's some different things. But yeah. It, scary situation for that young man and i just i'm glad he's okay i know it killed him to be in the hospital for the last three or four days but he's out now and uh and we move on yeah uh chris level red raiderssports.com um so tcu coming up what's what's some big elements uh, what are some keys to winning the bye week here for Tech? well i i i think that if, if alan can't play next thursday which i think is a highly likely scenario this extra time to get maybe somebody like Jet Duffy caught up and maybe get it, get him acclimated with with a game plan ready to play TCU. I think you're still trying to get McLean Carter back. I think he's probably back working a little bit. But it, what's interesting is TCU's got a similar situation. Their starting quarterback did not finish the game last Saturday night either, and there's some thought that he may be either separated shoulder or a broken collarbone. And if it's a broken collarbone for Sean Robinson is his name, that would be a season-ending injury and if it's a separated shoulder 
he will play that game next Thursday night at far less than 100%. So TCU's got their own issues, but I think the bye week comes at a good time. But you just have to, you know, regroup and use the time wisely and try to try to figure this thing out. Yeah. Uh, tell me, uh, Sonny Cumbie's still at TCU, right? Yeah. Uh, so you've got a bunch of folks there. It, 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 you know, Chris Thompson, who was the interim coach uh, at the uh, one of the bowl games there whenever Tuberville had left. Chris Thompson was the acting head coach. He's the offensive line coach there. And then obviously Sonny is calling the plays and, and is the quarterback's coach and all of those things. So several guys there in Fort Worth that they used to be here. Yeah. Uh, so let's go off the beaten path for just a moment. Are you surprised at Patrick Mahomes? Like I just ordered a T-shirt from Dan Patrick's <laughs> show, the DP show. I love it. Um, my homes, uh, my homes or whatever. Um, Mahomes. Mahom- me, and, me and my Mahomes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Are you surprised whenever you see this? I mean, he is the talk of the well, NFL right now. Yeah, Jay, and I, th- I think that at some level, no, I'm not surprised, but at some level, absolutely. I mean, I, we, we knew how talented he is, but to, and, and, and like, we, like you just mentioned your own self a second ago about ESPN shows that you're going to win all these games and, and then you get a dose of reality – he will come back down to earth a little bit. The defense, the game is just too hard. He's playing it like a video game right now, and and he didn't play his best game the other night, but it may have been his best game in that he dealt with a lot of adversity and made some tough plays. Defenses will adjust, but he, he's so gifted that if he stays healthy, he's got the chance to put the Chiefs in a really good spot. Yeah. What, what, what separates him from everybody else is how accurate he is when he's on the run. And, and so much of the NFL is being able to extend the play and move around and all that, but he can throw it on a dime on a dead sprint 30 yards down the field, and there's just not many guys walking the planet that can do that. He just looks like level – When admittedly, I took him way early. I think I told you this your first time on the show. I took him way early in my fantasy draft. The guy's looking at me like, oh, you don't know what you're doing, like any of us know what we're doing in a fantasy draft. But <laughs> he really does – he looks like he's throwing a pitch whenever he throws the football. It looks like yeah. it just like a pitcher would throw a pitch, only he throws football sixty yards. Yeah, no, he's, he's got some he's got some serious zip in that uh, in that you know right shoulder of his. He it quick release and it's just effortless. I mean, he throws it so far and it, it, it's not even trying that hard. But well, it, it's been. I just, I just hope he stays healthy. Yeah, so maybe we should talk about this left shoulder and kind of now the legend that is Patrick Mahomes completing that pass. I think to uh, what's that guy's name I want in my fantasy league? The uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, yeah. Uh, yeah. Throwing from his left. Did you ever see him do that at Tech? You know, I, I saw him throw. You see him throw it underhanded. I, I want to say that in some scrimmages that he, he maybe threw it left handed, but it's the thing is in like those settings it's almost kind of goofing around because you never let the quarterback get, get hit to where he he's needs to even operate that way. But, I mean, now I'll tell you what else is coming, and this will be the next thing that wows the people in the NFL. He can throw a no-look pass, too. Now, you're used to Magic Johnson and some of those guys basketball-wise doing that. Stop so they, it. They're staring at Come the defender on. down. And he, he's done that from a football standpoint, too, and he practiced it. I mean, so we, we would see that. Where he's looking at a receiver, not not a deep pass or anything like that by any means, but no, he he's got that in his uh, 
his bag of tricks too. Okay, so let's say he's looking left, and then we go out and we spray paint, not Jones Stadium, of course, <laughs> but Kyle Field, right? And so we do a ten foot uh, diameter circle, uh, circumference diameter. I don't, I'm not sure, but uh, he could throw it thirty yards without looking into that diameter. Well, I'm mean, Yeah, I mean, he, he, the the one I've seen him do it is. He, he's running to his right. He's got two different guys that he could throw to, one kind of in front of him and one, you know, maybe 10 or 15 yards to his left. And he's, he's kind of stared down the guy over to his left and then, and then basically just throws it up ahead of time. And so he's, he, I'm telling you, it's crazy because it's not anything that football has really happened or many people have seen it, especially at that level. It's one thing if you're fiddling around doing it in college, uh, but but at the pro level, I mean, people will freak out. Yeah, Chris Level, as we go on here, a couple more minutes. Uh, you're still doing your coach's show tonight on uh, 97.3, even on an yes, off sir. 6 p.m.? Yes, sir, because we won't, we won't, obviously won't have a show next Thursday. We'll all be in uh, Fort Worth and uh, the TCU game and all that, so I'll have Coach Kingsbury tonight, and I'll also have, also have Tommy McVeigh on with me, who's been associated yeah. with Tech football since – since the spike back days man and tommy is like tommy is one of those guys that you run across and you leave after shaking his hand and engaging with him and think how in the world is that guy so happy yeah he's he's good people he is good people there's no no, no, no other anybody like him for sure yeah really good guy tommy mcveigh uh so next thursday squaring off is this uh, so obviously night game amg carter stadium there in fort worth you think it'll be a full house Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it will definitely, and I think Texas Tech will have a strong contingent there. I mean, I would, I would say that you could see anywhere from five to 12,000 Texas Tech fans there, depending on what it looks like. I mean, that, that, that's always, uh, you know, and it, and it bugs the TCU people quite a bit that there's always so much Texas Tech in the stands, you know, and you'll get TCU fans that sell their tickets to Tech fans and on and on it goes, but uh, I don't know what the weeknight part of it does to, to certain folks, but uh, in years past, certainly the Red Raiders have been very well represented there. Yeah, man, that's going to be one of those things where my nine-year-olds, we train it like Monday night football, and I wake them up at six o'clock the next morning, and they get to watch the second half. They're going to be pretty disappointed. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Chris Level, Red Raiders Sports, uh, there was something else I wanted to ask you, but I've, oh, let me ask you real quickly. This Baylor thing, just when you think things couldn't get worse, yeah. uh, lack of institutional control, like, uh, talk to us a minute well, about not, what, what is the Baylor Bruins? What is this thing? Yeah, that was in the Waco Tribune the other day. That's like a, uh, you know, a group of, you know, uh, escorts or, or females that kind of show uh, those guys around. And they're students? Or they, or, yeah, they're uh, students. Every... Every school is going to have something similar to that. Uh, obviously, that report indicated that they're they're no. But you were, don't mean escorts like Amsterdam style. You mean like no, okay. no, no. But well, and, and some of those the folks. I mean, according to the report in Waco, I mean, it sounds like somebody that they were doing more than they needed to do on on some Man. of that stuff. But lack of institutional control is like the the one phrase that any school does not want to hear from the NCAA. That. That's what popped SMU back in the 80s 
uh, ultimately with the death penalty is because it was lack of institutional control, which means you're not trying to do right, you're not doing right, you, you've clearly skirted the rules here, you, you, extra benefits are being provided, and then the sexual assault stuff is, is tr- so tricky because that's not necessarily an NCAA issue. It's more of a university-wide and almost like, you know, we're, we're, you know the, like the moral issue more than – and how the, the athletic yeah. department has treated it, oh, but but man. they've they found that there's been impermissible benefits to provided to players, and that's where they may get in trouble. And level, this has always been my deal, is that you know with all the stuff that's happened with Bob Duncan, and then the the firing of Mike Leach. I don't want to get into the who was right, who was wrong, da da da. But here's the deal: is that anybody. Anybody, whether you got a radio show or you're writing newspaper columns or whatever, you can send in a public information request to Tech or to whatever other state uh, university. But you can't do that in Waco. And so you've got all sorts of time and effort by people that's put in on behalf of the universe. Like, I'm thinking, like, with the— Regent situation, Regent Gate, or with the the ousting of, of Mike Leach, or you could fill the lower bowl of Jones Stadium with hard copies of requests that come in, but you can't do it at Baylor. And I don't mean to bring you into the political fray, Chris Level, but I really think in Austin, given what's happened with Baylor and what could happen with TCU or SMU or anywhere else, that you've got to within the conference itself it is unequal footing and in all these at not the whole university but the athletic departments need to be subject to public information requests it, it, to me that is tcu baylor have way too far an advantage on the rest of them you can comment if you they, want to it, well and they they there's people that will tell you that they use that as an advantage at some level you know however However you want to take that, that that is certainly something that they, they use to their advantage with whatever that might be. But it, it's not – you're right, it's very un, uneven. But, you know, state funding requires, you know, Freedom of uh, Information Act, and they, they don't get their private institutions, and that's what they hide behind. But it, it's it's very tricky, a lot of gray area there. Yeah, certainly. pretty easy whenever you don't have to hire four assistants at $45,000 a year plus benefits and you can just put it into your secondary coach or maybe your linebackers coach or whatever it is uh that's as far as i'm going to take you into politics he is at redraidersports.com when this show is over you can go listen to chris level 97.3 if you're listening live Uh, appreciate you buddy Appreciate you, Jay. Have a good week, man. Get you off of here with your your theme music. Uh, We will. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Chris Level, ladies and gentlemen, there. Oh, got the the dial tone there on Chris Level. And hit hit his outro a little bit late. Is that going to come up, Daniel? Are we going to do that thing? Or should I just go into commercial? Okay. Sounds like we should probably just go into commercial here. Hey, uh, we're going to get in more with some details that we got for you from the... Okay, there it is. Hey, it's fitting. We'll just read it here. Uh, Details of what's coming up uh, with 
the Regents. Uh, further detail there on Regent Gate, this edition of The Other Side of Texas. And uh, we'll be back here in a couple of minutes. Stick right with us here. AM 580, Lubbock, and in right here on your other side you're listening live appreciate you some texts to get into here listen on the weekend while you're mowing the yard i don't know where you're listening i'm just glad that you are this segment brought to you by title one lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company title one committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes see how title one can serve your Realty, consumer, and lending needs at title1.com. Go out to the text line before we get into the details of what we learned this afternoon. Trying to get everybody straightened up on just exactly the facts and only the facts at uh, at Texas Tech right now. Um, hey, Chris, who was the regent doing the press conference and was he part of the five that ousted duncan well first of all the regent doing the press conference today it's on our feed we facebook lived it there on facebook other side of texas facebook uh that was tim lancaster somebody who a lot of people speak highly of tim lancaster and was in abilene and head headed up hendrix hospital Hendricks Hospital, he talked today about the work that um, Ted Mitchell had done there at uh, the Health Sciences Center, the growth in every category. Well, the same could be said for Hendricks Hospital in Abilene as uh, Tim Lancaster oversaw it. A lot of people in West Texas think pretty highly of Tim Lancaster, and sometime between when Rick Francis, I'm going to try to get a time stamp for you because I think it's efforting here um, uh, Rick Francis in that announcement today where he stepped down as chairman of the board that was at about 153 that's whenever I tweeted out about it uh, others had I think tweeted out about it at that point. I said that it was pretty cryptic, what he was saying. What does it mean? Then we broke it down. Well, Lancaster ran a press conference uh, an hour and a half later, hour and 37 minutes later. And I was told before the presser, he didn't introduce himself as chairman. I was told uh by a vice chancellor that he was chairman and whenever I asked my first question I said how should I address you are you are you chairman of the board and he said yes uh, he went on to say that there was no vote in executive session but what it's been called by many is an informal vote 
and of course the guy's there in front of the cameras so it's hard to really bear down on him and say well what does informal vote mean and was it kind of a vote but whatever it was Lancaster was on the right side of it uh, he was not on the Duncan side Chris I uh, hope that that answers your question a couple of more texts. Uh, Steinmetz planning on stepping down. It doesn't appear as so. Um, I, he was standing there behind Lancaster today. Uh, the only regent who wasn't was Rick Francis. And again, props up to uh, our props up jet people. Um, uh, Francis's plane, I believe, flew out at 3.30 or just thereafter. Uh, and then is long next. And so, so here's the thing. You get the sentiment, and I've said this in the monologue, you get the sentiment that this is not over, that there are still more to come. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, just here, uh, Cindy saying, well, that's just one of the four. And that's the feeling, is that if this were vindication for Bob Duncan, it's going to be a lot more than just one guy saying that he's no longer chair, but uh, going to serve out his term, that guy being Rick Francis. And more thoughts as we go along, 806-745-5800. If, um, lots of times I miss obvious things. I'm glad to bring you up to speed. One fun thing slash important, slash very newsworthy, would be if Bob Duncan himself has a comment on Rick Francis stepping down. The same Bob Duncan who wrote an op-ed is, is kind of a wink towards us and others that the speculation being brought out right now is warranted. I think Rick Francis, in a piece with the Texas Tribune, uh, said that, you know, there are all sorts of conspiracy theories and, like, I'm Alex Jones on the radio doing some crazy stuff. And uh, that was just not the sentiment there with um, with Bob Duncan in the op-ed that he wrote. What's that? You got some... Leave me alone, you idiot! Yeah, that's some uh, Alex Jones. Uh but we didn't leave it alone, and it was warranted, it seems, after all. Um, but a statement from Bob Duncan, would that not be gold? Uh, I think it would be. I want to go ahead and play for you again. If, if you're just listening on live radio, I want to play for you when and how it came about that uh, the – well – how the chairman stepped down and I believe it's about the 42nd mark here. Okay. Ted Mitchell's just been named standing applause and we'll start there. The final item of business is uh, chairman's announcement. It has been an honor to serve as the chairman of the board of regents. It is time for a change in leadership and a nominating committee will be formed to put forth a slate of candidates for consideration of chairman and vice chairman for election at our next meeting. I move we adjourn. Second. We're adjourned.
And there you go. And speaking of, we've got breaking news for you right now. Let's hit that news music. Breaking news right here on your other side of town. Well, that started out hot. Bob Duncan has issued a statement, and here it is. Rick Francis's departure as chairman of the Texas Tech University System Board of Regents presents Tech with a unique opportunity to heal and move forward. With renewed vigor, Terry and I are grateful for the outpouring of support we have received since leaving the Chancellor Post. We want to congratulate the board and Dr. Ted Mitchell for his appointment as the sole finalist for Chancellor. Ted and Janet are great friends and the right choice for moving forward. Holy cow. I think I'm talking too loud right now. I can't believe I'm reading this. And the critical need for a veterinary school in Amarillo has been well documented. We should continue to advocate for that to become a reality. There is great passion in our region and in the industry for this vision, and I look forward to the day we achieve that goal. Bob Duncan still speaking in the first person plural. We look forward to achieving that goal. We are going to take a quick break. I'm going to try to go through this. We're going to break it down right here on the other side of Texas. Do not step away. Be right back with you. Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. Hey, welcome back in to the other side. Goodness gracious. Whew, this segment brought to you by Lubbock File Room. Lubbock File Room providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock and the surrounding area since 1992. What do you got? For a free and hassle-free estimate, if you've got documents that you need destroyed, uh, Give them a call, 806-744-7666. That's 806-744-7666 today. Um, Bob Duncan, as we just said, uh, getting a release from Bob Duncan about his statement on Rick Francis stepping down as the Texas Tech uh, Board of Regents chairman. Uh, lots to make out there. And gosh, I had another segment lined up, but uh, here we are again. Uh, we're just going to go in. Uh, Bob Rick Francis stepping down as the Texas Tech Board of Regents chair. Um, wow. I mean, here's the thing is that Bob Duncan is a man who meticulously measures his words, uh, meticulously. Uh, and I think the 
the strongest suspicion, like in covering all this for as long as I have, I, um, I've gathered a couple of things. One, Bob Duncan is as meticulous a wordsmith as any politician, but two, the other, well, I shouldn't say the other, a great suspicion of Bob Duncan is that he, people just think, by and large, he's way too, he's way too decent, uh, way too uh, quiet-spoken, and way too frugal to be a, uh, to be a politician. And whenever Bob Duncan speaks on issues like he's spoken in this statement, I'm about to read it again for you guys, if you're just tuning in, it speaks in, he just roars. He just roars. If you know the man, you just roar. Like Here's a guy who is completely focused, has an unmet legislative mind. There's nobody who's got a greater legislative mind than Bob Duncan, a former Senate finance chairman, which is always what made Rick Francis's op-ed. I mean, the ham-handed baloney sandwich that it was that Bob Duncan spent $5 million over four years. We had a, we had a $5 million disagreement in the increases in the system budget over those same years Rick Francis, as chairman for some of those years, rose the budget $452 million. So you look at Bob, and that's, what about Bob? About 1% of what, uh, what, Francis, what Francis and the regents approved within their own controlled budgets. So, you know, Give me irrigation boots. Keep on urinating on my boots and tell me that it's raining, Rick Francis. It was never going to make sense, especially with people. And, you know, several people. Bob Duncan is a lawyer by trade that he was uh, that he was out there just spending money crazily. Uh, there are a lot of Bob Duncan's clients who would tell you that whenever he goes to dinner on their dime, he buys the least expensive entree just out of deference to them. Like, and that's the problem. The guy was elected 25 years out of Lubbock and the surrounding area. And there are more ski resorts in Lubbock than there are scandalous words about Bob Duncan. And so whenever I asked the question of Tim Lancaster today, was the new chairman of the Board of Regents at his presser at 3.30, did was the week of August 13 through August 20th, because that's how long it took Rick Francis to respond to the outrage of what would become Regent Gate. Was that the longest week of your life? He him hawed me, and I understand it. He's behind the microphone for the first time as a chairman. Well, I've had a lot of long weeks. But I would think that if I were an innocent party in all of this, and it took a full week for a response to come, then I'm awfully agitated. And, you know, I I could gather it in his eyes, but not in his words, that he thought the same thing were true. But that just played into the whole region gate problem in a, in a post-game breakdown here, if, if the game is over, that 
Bob Duncan's reputation was spotless. And so the closest thing that Bob Duncan ever came to a scandal in West Texas was with uh, was with Regent Gate. That's the closest that he's been. Otherwise, the only suspicion, as I said, is that he's way too decent, way too uh, considerate, and way too quiet, uh, too way too quiet in tone to be a politician. And the only disheveled thing about that guy was and is his red clay, lengthy hair, he doesn't have long hair, but lengthy hair that was always disheveled by the West Texas wind. But under that head of hair sat or resided an unparalleled Texas political mind. And uh, gregarious, amicable, whatever you want to say, always kind of a red tint to him, um, kind of a Santa Claus tint. Nobody ever walked away from Bob Duncan and said, the scope was always, I venerate that guy to, not that guy's a sorry SOB. It was way ahead of that. It was, he's hard not to like. And that was the thing that Francis, Francis completely miscalculated all of this. And he's now well aware, and I applaud him for stepping down. Uh, But I think the one thing that he didn't take into consideration was what we heard the week after Duncan's ouster, how livid people were. Because it's the smallest town in the world. It may be the smallest, uh, I should say the smallest big town in the world. And following suit, the smallest, biggest alumni base in the world. And people just aren't going to buy that with Bob Duncan and it blew up in Rick Francis's face. I applaud him for making the right decision. And I think that, you know, Duncan's statement again, I'll read it for you here. Duncan's statement says, quote, Rick Francis's departure as chairman of the Texas Tech University System Board of Regents presents Tech with a unique opportunity to heal and move forward with renewed vigor. Terry and I are grateful for the outpouring of support we have received since leaving the Chancellor Post. And I was just given this exclusively, so I don't think it's out there yet. We want to congratulate, and just what he said there, Rick Francis's departure presents an opportunity, which says there were missed opportunities and now there are renewed opportunities. No, hey, Rick, thanks for your years of service. None of that from a guy who measures his words meticulously. I cannot undergird the West Texas gentleman, Bob Duncan. Terry and I are grateful for the outpouring of support we have received since leaving the Chancellor's Post. We want to congratulate uh, the board and Ted Mitchell for his appointment as the sole finalist as Chancellor. I believe that comes in 21 days from now. So I think uh, you can expect that October 25th. And I am dressing up as Ted Mitchell for Thanksgiving, by the way. 
I think I've said that before. I'm growing my hair out to get the three-inch flat top. Uh, Ted Mitchell, we're expecting on the show next week. Ted and Janet are great friends and the right choice for moving forward. And the critical need for a veterinary school in Amarillo has been well documented. We should continue to advocate for that to become a reality. There is great passion in our region and in the industry for this vision and I look forward to the day we achieve this goal. So this is where I'm going to close out this edition of the program. If you're John Sharp, what are you thinking right now? I know that it's rumored that and A&M's getting back to me on information requests. Were there four members of the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board in the Chancellor's booth at the opening uh, the Clemson game a few weeks ago at Kyle Field? If so, uh, it looks pretty difficult. If Sharp has got them in the booth, then Sharp is going to be working them. And if you've if you've got four people on the fence out of that coordinating board, I think nine people on the coordinating nine, maybe eleven. I I have to go back and look. That's still a substantial block that John Sharp has worked. And now the problem for Ted Mitchell becomes how do you beat John Sharp? Ted Mitchell, who knows an awful hell cakes of a lot about medical procedures but may not know a lot about the legislature, I asked the question today of Tim Lancaster, new chairman of the Board of Regents, and it's there on our Other Side of Texas Facebook page, Bob, I, I said, so there's a guy who doesn't have a lot to do right now who knows the legislature inside and out, and people really were, and this is where I, what I didn't say, but this is what I'm going to say to you. People who uh, owe him favors and also revere him in such a way, he taught them the budget, he, you know, he's helped them, that they feel like it might just be help to an old friend why not hire Bob Duncan to be a lobbyist to get the vet school done? I don't know if he worked for five cents or $50,000. I don't know what it would be. Uh, but it sounds to me that Todd, Dun- uh, Todd Duncan, sorry, basket, we're talking basketball, not uh, uh, sports. It sounds to me like Bob Duncan is open for such a thing, uh, for such an opportunity and I know that he's got a place there in Austin because I was given a ride home or a ride into the La Quinta right there by the Capitol by Bob and Terry one time uh, a couple of years ago. But that becomes a question for Texas Tech. And we do think that we'll have Mitchell on next week right here on the show. A lot more to break down. Uh, I didn't get to a lot of thoughts because we got the statement, but plenty more to break down tomorrow on your other side of texas thanks for tuning in and we'll just keep on keeping on keep on raving on here on the program thanks for tuning in i may be on wade wilkes's program tomorrow uh, am 580 about eight o'clock after i drop the kids off at school but uh until then uh, next episode 24 hours from now and we're glad that you hang out on the other side of texas uh, making things happen here on the little show that could. Uh, we'll talk to you next episode where Buddy Holly became famous. Thank you guys. Love you. See you. Mignogna. It's who we want to be.